on the Monday, May 3rd edition of the Flag on the Play podcast. The fellas open up by talking some NFL draft recap just quickly, then do some deep dive into the Aaron Rodgers situation. Then we're going to shift our gears over to the NBA. You'll hear a little bit about the top of the West, the middle of the East, and then stick around at the end for take of the week. You won't want to miss that. And uh, we wanted to thank everybody for the support on the first episode. It does mean a lot, and we can't wait to keep this thing going through the summer and into the fall here. So Mondays, Fridays, and keep doing what you're doing. Subscribe, rate. We do appreciate it all greatly. And uh, stay up to date. Follow us over on Instagram at the flag on the play. Enjoy the episode. Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. All day long. Hopping and a bopping and a singing his song. All the little birds on Every one of the officials threw their, their flag. And look at Pete Merrill. He's got a smile on his face. Rock and Robin. Low Rock and Robin. Rock and Robin. Rock and Robin. This is your Monday, May 2nd edition of the Flag on the Play podcast. This is your host, Phil Fellas, Tebow, Kyle Trask, Brady, Trevor Lawrence. Florida's loaded. Is Rodgers next? Florida's loaded with quarterbacks right now. Yeah, they're all fleeing there. Now, Tebow bought a house three doors down from Urban Meyer. That's big news. Old coach, let's not forget. Yeah, you got to knock on his door. You know, maybe he's out on the streets just running some routes, showing him he can play tight end. Yeah. Do you think yeah. he just goes on his like driveway and just like gets his like wife to throw balls to him or something? I bet. Just goes on Urban Meyer's driveway. Set up the just jug machine? That, yeah. <laughs> and just hopes he'll come out and be like, all right, all right. Like, I'll give you a tryout. Like, come on, just get off my lawn, guy. I think he watches his, his house and every time like Trevor Lawrence is going over to like say what's up, he'll like drive right after. Yeah. And, like, he give him, bring he, him cookies or whatever. Yeah, he bum rushes him in the door. (laughs) Urban opens the door and Tebow just sprints in. He's like, you see that quickness? Anything to get back, man. Hey, they've got some magic together. If there's anybody who can harness the Tebow time into something special, I mean. But hey, as a tight end this time. Yeah, yeah, that's scary. I checked, uh, he's like barely 6'1". Okay. Uh, and some of the best tight ends you got Gronk at six six, Kelsey at six five, and Waller at six six as well. So it's it's time to break the mold. It I is. think so too. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Kyle Pitts is a skinny guy. And let it be known, none of those guys played uh, minor league baseball. So I mean, different skill set that you'd learn in each sport. So he's bringing something unique to the table. So I think he's definitely, if he, if there's somebody that's going to break the mold, it's gotta be, it's gotta be him. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So um, if you ever need a did officially... flicker. Yeah. He's yeah. Your he's your guy. Oh yeah. We'll launch into some NFL talk here, fellas. We don't want to do too much because we did talk a lot about it on last show, but uh, draft weekend is done. It's in the books. The chair is packed up and going back to wherever Roger lives. And uh, did any team stick out to you guys from this weekend? What'd you think? Yeah, I thought the uh, I thought the Chargers killed it though, but I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. I was looking at the uh, draft uh, grades and stuff, and they did pretty well. Everyone was pretty happy with them, and I was as well. They drafted. I feel like when you're competitive, like I think they'll be even better next year. And I think that when you're competitive, it's important to draft 
for need, not always necessarily, I think, the best player because you're just going to want to plug those holes, right? They had some O-line questions, drafted an O-line, had some cornerback questions, drafted that, wide receiver, tight end. They got Herbert some weapons, which I thought was great. Um, they drafted that Asante Samuel guy. Everyone went crazy over that pick, and I think he's great too. They needed that cornerback depth. Um, he's a Florida State guy. And boys, some other notable Florida State cornerbacks. Deion Sanders, yep. Xavier Rhodes, Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey, Antonio Camardi. That's some pretty good company. Yeah, I DBU. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I thought they did uh, They did great, and I think they're definitely a team that you're going to want to look out for. Yeah, yeah, good division. What about you, On? Who do you have? It's a good division. So I like the Jets draft for sure. Especially oh, the, do the you? two first-round picks. That's uh, surprising. I was quite pleased with that. I think they're building a good offense. Um, outside of that, I mean, I think something that stuck out to me was the Raiders just again, thinking they're the smartest guys in the room overdrafting and taking the guys they want to take. It's a bit, uh, you know, it was definitely a Raiders draft for sure. They know so, that trading back is an option or is that just, just not in, in their vocabulary? I don't know. I think, I think Mayock is, he's like, Oh, I was on NFL network. I know I've seen the tape. I know where I can get value. And so he just will, he'll, he'll draft whoever he wants at this point. It's time. Cleveland yeah. Farrell at number four. That was a classic. It was. Yeah. And only, <laughs> only like Clemson, Alabama, <laughs> essentially only those guys. Why would you bother? Why would you bother watching anything? Else? I don't think they think division two exists or anything outside like the, the big teams. They just tune into the national championship game every year. And they're like, wow. Yeah. What a show. <laughs> That's good. Those are some good players. I'm I'm convinced that like until last week, they didn't even know Trey Lance existed. Yeah. No, why would you? He didn't play this year. Yeah. yeah. And oh yeah, exactly. Did yeah, he play so, in the SEC or the Big Ten? No. Nope. So, so why would you bother drafting him? Yeah, exactly. It's all about the big schools. They're doing the scouting for you, really. They're picking yeah. the best guys from high school and they're getting them. So yeah, they're doing your job for you. Yeah. Quick, quick shout out to Owens Jets, uh, Michael Carter. We got to talk about that. Michael Carter and Michael Carter level two. Yeah. Huge, if, huge if you don't ups. know, the Jets drafted two guys with the same name, Michael Carter and Michael Carter. Big Just, moves. What's next? Big. Are they going to sign like another Zach Wilson? Much, when you like a guy that much, you just draft. You just draft him again. It's essentially the same person. Yeah, double up. It's like when you're writing a test and you're not sure the answer, you just circle both. Hope the yeah. team is to you. Yeah, you can get a half point there. <laughs> yeah, so one point. of them's bound to hit, yeah. you know? Yeah, on the, on, the, on the written, you're not sure. So you just do the question two different ways. That's the way. Part marks. You show hey, the we, work. Speaking of GMs and Mike Mayock, can we get Mel Kuyper a job in an NFL front office? Because that, that team would be absolutely unstoppable. He would have the best long snapper for sure. He would have the best late round picks. The team would be absolutely loaded. That is something well, I would really like to see. That's and something I would love to see. Imagine him down on the field, hair in the wind. Oh yeah, he should go to the Raiders. He would he help should. them out a lot. Now we're He'd really like, this is big brain power. Oh yeah, it's big brain power. For me, I did touch on it last show, so I don't want to do it too much. But I just keep loving the Jags, fellas. I know Etn was a bit of a reach, and I don't know why they did it with all their running backs, but. 
I like that Walker Little they picked in the second round. They drafted two defensive backs. I like what they're doing over there. And like I said on the last show, to win AFC South, to make playoffs, to win their division, just bet them at whatever you can. Take the over. I think it's good odds. It's especially a good bet. With Tebow right now. Yeah, especially with Tebow. the power of Christ. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Another winner for me. I got Denver in there, and it's a controversial one because I do think that passing up on Fields was a bit of a mistake, but. You know, they are in the Aaron Rodgers discussion. If they end up with Aaron Rodgers, it's a scary team. And they signed Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby in the offseason. They drafted Pat Sertain ninth. They also drafted three of their first six picks were defensive backs. You think they want to stop Mahomes and Herbert? I would say so. I'd say so for sure. Yeah. They're they're building to stop the teams in that division. So I kind of like what they're doing over there. And they got some good receivers, skill position players. And we touched on it there. But Aaron Rodgers... Alex, you've broken down the tape. You think he should stay in Green Bay? Why is that? Uh, yeah, because <clears throat> he keeps talking um, about this help. I think that he needs. Um, I don't think that like wide receiver help and all this stuff. I mean, if you re- like, if you're gonna go to the Raiders, I mean, like, if you think the Green Bay receivers are bad, try going to the Raiders, where like. I mean, I know they got Waller, but Ruggs is still super iffy. Um, and I don't think the Broncos wide receiver core is anything like super special either. I know they got Cortland Sutton, but he's coming off that MCL and ACL. Jerry Judy's not bad, but um, and it's just I think he should stay because he keeps talking about this help. But I think that like, for instance, like their wide receivers aren't that bad. Their O-line, I don't think is that bad either. You look at... Um, Boys, you know who was the least sacked quarterback in the regular season? Aaron Rodgers, 20 times. You know who was the most? No, who was the third most uh, sacked quarterback? It was Russell Wilson, 47 times. Now, that's something to be mad about and one out. You know, so I don't think it's as much of a issue where he's saying that um, he needs help. I think, I think it's just like a contract problem. I don't think – I just think he doesn't like that Green Bay is as marketable or that he can get – you know, as much money as he wants there, smaller market, of course. Um, if he goes out, I guess, in Las Vegas or whatever, he could probably do the Jeopardy shows a little better. But, um, and yeah, you know, just breaking down the NFC championship as well. Um, the issues, Tampa Bay was just abusing them with the play action. They gave up a lot of big plays. Um, in terms of scoring for Green Bay, I don't think that was a problem. They they, they ended up scoring on Tampa's defense um, quite a few times, but just their corners were terrible. Kevin King sucks. Uh, their safeties were terrible, um, and they were down at they were down eighteen at one point and came back. Um, so I think their their offense is is, is definitely competent. Um, let's not forget Brady threw three interceptions. So they, the defense still at the end of the game still gave them a chance to be back in the game. Um, and the biggest takeaway for me in that game was on third and goal with like two minutes left, Rodgers was at the 10-yard line. And to me, it looked like he had a clear path to the to touchdown. He ended up to throw – he threw to um, Devontae Adams, who was in double coverage. Looked terrible. Adams had no chance at catching that ball. So what does Green Bay do at the draft? They draft for need. They drafted a cornerback. They drafted um, a DB, I think, as well. So I, I think they're just plugging the holes that they did have. And I think the team will be much more competitive this year. And I think you, you look, you have Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. Uh, I think Lazard's great. 
Tanyan, they added Tavon Austin. I think that's a good that's good help for him. So that's my take. Okay. Yeah. Can I respond to that, Phil? Because I have something I need to say here. Okay. So I, I agree with you, Alex. I think on paper, if you look at it, the Green Bay Packers are they're a good team. They're a decent team. I mean, I don't know why you're throwing Tavon Austin in there, that guy. Wow, I think factor. He's, he's, he's a he's a good he's he'll return some kicks. guy. He'll have some good 20-yard kick returns for sure. But I don't think he's gonna be helping Aaron Rodgers. So let's be clear on that. But I don't think it's a question of of how good the team is. I think it's a question of the relationship that Aaron Rodgers has with the team. Because you mentioned the O-line, and you're right, they had arguably the best O-line in the NFL. And I think a good, probably one of the most important pieces of that O-line was their center, Corey Lindsley, who was ranked uh, the number one center by Pro Football Focus. And what happened to him? Do you know what happened to him? Chargers. They let him walk. Yeah. And if we look at their drafts, you mentioned they draft for need. I wouldn't even necessarily disagree with that. But if you look at their last uh, 10 drafts, what have they, who have they taken in the first round? Nine of the 10. They've taken defensive players. And what was the one offensive player that they took? His replacement. His replacement. So I think, you know, I don't think those were necessarily bad picks, but I think when, when you're a star quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not going to say Aaron Rodgers isn't at fault here because he's even look going back to the NFC championship game with all the opportunities that he was given, he should have won that game or he should have at least put his team in a position to win that game. And he didn't. So I don't, I don't, you know, I fault him for that, but I think at the end of the day, Rogers is a star and the team just hasn't done enough to keep him happy by bringing other receivers in there. Because I mean, Tavon Austin, like, yeah, he's going to get some good kick returns. Alan Lazard's going to, you know, he'll have a yeah, good, you know, nice catch or whatever, but he's not a number two receiver. And so I think they've got to do better. They got to do a better job to keep him happy. And I, I don't think, f- I don't think the market matters to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is an old, like if he cared about the market, he would have left 10 years ago. This dude's but the fact he, that married now. Green Bay care. isn't competitive though. Or I, like, I feel like he's trying to make this case where Green Bay just isn't competitive, which I don't like, that's just not true. Like, He's he's he plays great against average teams and bad teams, but you know, he 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 did get them to that one Super Bowl when he was super young. But he has been in games where he's had a chance to win and he just hasn't. So, I no, mean, you, look, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers isn't at fault here. Like I said, I think he's he needs to perform better in the playoffs, and I think he should have at least you know he's been to how many three straight NFC Championship games, so he needs to perform better. Lost them all, yeah. But I think. Yeah, it's just a question of relationship. You got the team's got to do more to keep him happy. And putting my tinfoil hat on here, connecting some dots. Why does he, you know, release this information or or basically make these statements on draft day? Because I know it's was, getting pretty petty yeah, now. It is getting petty, and so I think that's what it is. It's the relationship with the team. I don't think it's a question of him thinking he can't win in Green Bay because he's won a Green. He's won a Super Bowl in Green Bay, and he has arguably the best receiver in the NFL or top three receiver. I just think it's a question of the team hasn't been taking it's the same with Russell Wilson. They just haven't been listening to him. And I don't think the relationship, I think the relationship is broken down. Yeah. That's just all it is. And I would agree that I would agree with somewhat of both of you. And I agree that the Packers probably think, you know, we've done more than you think to put talent around you. And we're trying to improve our chances by fixing our defense. But there were years there many years now where he had basically single-handedly carried that offense to a deep point that they didn't have a chance of being in without him. I mean, they were a couple possessions away from, I mean, if that guy, uh, if let the kick go back to Jordy Nelson many years ago, they would have made the Super Bowl that year. Uh, He put them in position in Arizona in that fantastic game the next year. 
three straight NFC championship games now, like you said, but I don't think that he can really be at fault for much of it in my mind. I think that he's done what he has to do to get them to that point. And he thinks to take that next step, we've been on the cusp so many times now in a row to take that next step. I'm going to need more help. I just am. And I can understand where he comes from with that. And I'm sure that some of it is that Tom Brady had such success in Tampa Bay, just giving him whatever he wanted that he thinks I should get the same treatment because he should, he's the MVP of the whole league. So I, I agree that both sides can have somewhat of an argument there. Yeah. But it seems like it is done at this point that he wouldn't really have any interest in going back no matter what happens here in the back half. So if that is the case, I know they were talking Vegas and anything on the West Coast over there. But I, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a case here for the G men, the blue and white. And first of all, you get your plays called by Jason Garrett, the clapper. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Come on. That guy. That guy knows how to run a football team. And they've added some good pieces to the offensive side of the ball, if that's what he's looking for. Big money for Kenny Galladay. Kyle Rudolph's a veteran. Drafted Kadarius Tony in the first round. Already have Darius Slayton. Already have Sterling Shepard. Already have Evan Ingram. Obviously already have Saquon. Top 10 defense last year. Easy easy division. O-line's not bad. They obviously have now two first-round picks in this coming draft because they moved the pick with Chicago. I think they can get in the get in the running here pretty easily because they've got picks to give. And if you're in a wagering situation and you think like I do and think this has a good chance of happening, then plus 450 to win the NFC East, plus 3,300 3, to win the NFC over under six and a half. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Phil, I agree with you there. I think, I think the last draw for him was probably – I think it started with drafting Jordan Love, but I think having – Probably, I mean, at some level, he has to feel competitive, you know, some competitiveness with Tom Brady, right? Because that's his peer. That's, you know, the, been probably the best quarterback over the last however many years alongside Aaron Rodgers. And to have him come in on a team that he basically built and beat him in his own field in the NFC Championship game that he himself said he wanted to play at Lambeau, I think was probably, that was probably the last draw for him. And so I think where he's going to go, I think because the relationship is broken down so badly, and because there's so much animosity between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, I doubt they move him anywhere anywhere close to Green Bay. So I'm saying I, they move him to the AFC. And I know this is what a lot of people have said, but I gotta go. I gotta go with. I gotta go with Denver. I just think like like uh, Alex was saying, I got some nice pieces. Jerry Judy. Everyone raves about Jerry Judy. I know we didn't really see much of it last year, but you've got players coming out left and right saying he's the best route runner in the NFL, or he's, he's a special talent. So he's you know a piece that could get moved. Um, and then obviously you got two quarterbacks there that might be, you know, worth something in a trade. And then you got picks. So I just think obviously they're in the market for a quarterback as well. So I think that's probably for me, the best fit being that it's an AFC team on Thursday though, like it came out and like, it came out late, but we all, we thought that, you know, the 49ers were either going to drop Mac Jones or Trey Lance. I thought that him going to the 49ers made the most sense. He's a California guy, Kyle Shanahan's offense. I think that would have made him, you know, that would have been a very competitive team. My only issue is that with going, I mean, I think the Raiders would be a joke for him to go to. I don't know what kind of, like, I don't think um, Gruden and, and Mayock can give him that sort of help that he needs. 
um, especially with management and stuff. And I think if you just put Rogers in there, sure, he like Rogers is good enough to get you to the playoffs. But with the type, like the type of team the Raiders have, I just wouldn't be confident. And then I think the Broncos would be a step up, but definitely I don't think they'd be challenging for like an NFC Championship because, like, I mean, he had Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams, like, arguably like the best receiver in the NFL. It's uh, who else would you rather want to throw to? You know what I mean? Aaron Jones, he's a beast. Um, so that was my only issue. Yeah, I can, I can see that too. Uh, it's going to make for an interesting few months of, uh, speculation here leading up to training camp. So we're looking forward to that. And our last little bit of NFL stuff, Alex has done some digging. Owen and I, we kind of took the last two days of the draft off. We were taking it easy. We were like Mel Kuyper, just took the, took the shoes off and let the feet breathe. That's what we were doing the last two days. Load management. Exactly. Alex, he was hard at the desk. He was banging on the table. He was studying. Alex has pulled (laughs) together some names here. Owen and I are not familiar with these names. We're not. We are going to get these names read to us and we're going to guess a position and we're going to guess a team that they went to. Exactly. Do we have a name for this segment? That's a good question. Name that name. Name that name. name. I love that. Wow, that's catchy. So, boys, we've got six names here. I'm going to read them out to you. Okay. So, the first one we got here. Zek McPherson. Z-E-C-H is how that's spelled, his first name. Oh, and you go first, buddy. Zek McPherson. I'm going to go linebacker, and I'm going to say he was drafted by the Panthers. That That's a tight end for the Cowboys. No. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay, so – Owen, I think, was closer. He is a defensive player. He's a cornerback wow. that was drafted by the Eagles. I could see it. I could see Zach, it. Zach, Interesting that's the name. name you put on a seems t-shirt. very Scottish to me. Zach. Yeah. yeah Scottish. Like, that sounds like an alien name, dude. That sounds like something you'd see in like ET. Yeah. All right. <laughs> let's go to name two. Come on now. Let's keep it okay, rolling. Okay. Name two. Name two. I got to capitalize. Chaz Surratt. The way Chaz oh, is spelt funny. is with two Z's. And Surratt oh, wow. is spelt with two R's and two T's. That that's a cornerback See, was, for the Falcons. That's a cornerback. That's for the Falcons. fair. I was gonna say Chaz with just one Z. That's a frat name. So I was gonna go. That's the tackler, tight end, right? But with the two Z's, that kind of throws me off a little bit. So with with the two Z's, I might have to go. I might have to go. I might have to go corner too. I'm gonna go corner to the. I'm gonna go corner. Who would draft a Chaz? Chat, you know what? That's a Florida name. I'm gonna go corner to the Bucks. <laughs> oh, okay. No, wrong. Inside linebacker for the Vikings. Okay. That doesn't right, make so sense. Haven't been close yet. We still we're gonna get to go. one, and it's gonna be great. So let's let's I don't keep even this going. Care if it's team or position, but it'll be electric. I I'm sure you guys will get one. Okay. Divine Diablo. Wow. Wow. That's an electric that name. name. That's a football name. That Divine football Diablo. Name. That is crazy. Oh, yeah. Diablo is spelled D E A B L O. All right, Owen, get it. That is the biggest defensive tackle I've ever seen. Like, I'm thinking like a Vince Wilfork type, like Star Lutalele type. And I'm going to say he was drafted by the, you know, I'm going to say he was drafted by the, by the Dolphins. Okay. 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 Deep tackle the Dolphins. 
I'm going to say edge for the Browns. Oh, boy. Safety for the Raiders. You already know Mayock would would draft a guy called Divine Diablo. He's got a Leatherwood now, and he's got Diablo. He's got a Leatherwood, Diablo. Those are some sick last names. He's collecting right right now. Moving on, (laughs) we got Tommy Tremble. Oh, punter for the – No. I'm going – Yeah, I'm going to go punter for the Bills. Oh, boy. All right. Oh, and what do you got? That Tommy Tremble is a slot is a slot receiver for the Broncos. That's that's a good guess. Is. That is a good guess. What he is. Close tight end for the Panthers. We're getting right. there. Oh, We're getting close. We're getting you're close. Getting, you're getting Tell me that's not a fast place. name though. Tommy Tremble. Tell me he's not just that. That guy. Tommy Tremble runs a four four. Oh, he right? four three five. He runs a four three five. Who has a four three five four? Like that's imagine announcing that guy in front of like fifty thousand people. Tommy Tremble. Tremble. You oh, put yeah. Tremble. You put a jersey on me with the last name Tremble. I'm running a four six. That's all I can tell you right now. So fast man. All right. So uh, the next one, next name we got here is Isaiah Loudermilk. No way, that's real. Isaiah Loudermilk, boys. And honestly, extra points. Which college did he go to? And the last name kind of gives it away. That's it? <laughs> Am I lost here? <laughs> this is tough. I could see this going so many ways, but I'm going to go right tackle, old miss, and he's going to the Patriots. I'm going to go I need to go left tackle. No, I'm going to go I need to go right guard, Iowa, and I'm going to also say Patriots. All right, so he's a defensive tackle. Okay. He was drafted by Phil's Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. Let's go. Let's look for Phil. And hey, he played his college ball at Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. We big cheese guys. Milk. True. That was I the love connection. It. Love the dairy. All right. So last one here, boys. We got his first name is Stone Forsyth. Stone Forsyth. I'm feeling the pressure right now. I do got one to get one of these. This is huge. Here's your tie right now. Deadlock. <laughs> At zero zero. <laughs> Stone Forsyth is the newest middle linebacker for the Washington football team. Oh my goodness. No. Stone Forsyth is the new center for the he's the newest center for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um no, so offensive tackle for Seattle. Wow. Wow. Wow, boys. That was tough. That was a rock fight. Zero, zero. That was a rock fight. (laughs) We're tied. We're going into next year tied. We'll keep score for next year. Yeah. Next year, we'll be back and we'll run back name that name because that was captain. Sound off in the comments or in the the five-star views who you think won, though, because. Yeah, because it's up to debate. Mm, Yeah, it's a debate. It's for sure. For sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So we and. When the NFL season comes back around, this is a somber time because the NFL was back for three days and I got to see it all. I got to see those football names I follow on Twitter. They come back. It's yeah. an emotional time. And now we're back into the dead zone. Yeah. So um, We needed to milk out every second from the NFL draft. We did. I feel like we maximized our opportunity, but I'm, I'm just so lonely without the NFL. It it's really a is time. a lonely time. It, it is. Really is. It is. It's... <laughs> wow. <laughs> we'll see you back in August with the NFL talks. <laughs> but if you think I'm not going to bring up Aaron Rodgers for the next 40 shows, you're wrong. So 
Oh, you guys... OTAs start. We're doing live coverage. We're sending a reporter onto the ground to OTAs. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, we'll be watching. Yeah. Don't worry. This is this is your yeah. OTA source. We're gonna yeah, shift absolutely. our gears to the NBA now for the time being, and uh, I'm actually I started by not enjoying this NBA season very much. I thought that the I thought there was some things that were taken away from the quality of the product, but the closer we get to the playoffs the more captivated I am fellas. And uh, I say we start out West because I, I feel like this is actually pretty open to go to the finals. And uh, I think the place we should start is with the Phoenix suns who are red hot. They started eight and eight. They kind of limped out of the gate here, but of 38 and 10 since then. And uh, I think they're for real. I think they're very for real. I think they're a serious contender. And uh, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on that as well. Bill, I, I agree with you, man. I think it's like a puzzle and the missing piece was like a six foot point guard. Point God. Paul. Point God, dude. Chris, Paul has been just a godsend for him, I think, because I think they already had talented pieces. Obviously, we know what Booker can do. And Aiton was a bit of a raw product. He really wasn't what I think they were hoping. And everybody, all of us as NBA fans and people that like that DeAndre Aiton thought he was going to be and hoped he would be. But since book's been back they've been great they've won seven of the last 10 first of all and i mean devin booker has just been just the best he's playing the best ball of his career he's shooting a higher percentage on spot ups off screens um he's shooting basically a better percentage in every single situation than any other time in his career because he's playing with chris paul and if you look at ayton i mean ayton's his totals are down a little bit but he's becoming a bit of a better defensive presence, a bit more consistent on defense. And he's got a higher true shooting percentage, significantly higher true shooting percentage at 60, uh, a little bit under 63% than, than um, any other season in his NBA career. So I just think that was what they needed. I mean, if you didn't know Chris Paul was a top five point guard of all time, and if you didn't understand how good he was, even at his old age now, I think everybody has to, has to give him his props. Now he's, he's in disrespect. Yeah. And I would say, I think it's a consensus amongst all of us here. He would be on, if we had a vote, which I mean, and yeah. NBA holler at us, we, we should get votes. Yeah. We're writers. NBA writers. Yeah. Sure. We're basically NBA writers. <laughs> yeah. He would be on all of our MVP ballots. And I think he would be yeah. pretty high on most of ours too. Uh-huh. I agree. I know Alex loves some Chris Paul. Oh, I, well, to be completely transparent with the audience, I was a Chris Paul hater in the beginning. I have to be honest. I didn't realize it until now. Honestly, he's just wowed me. He's been so good. He was exactly that veteran presence that, you know, Phoenix needed. Um, And not only have their main guys been good, you know, Chris Paul, um, Booker, and Aiton, I I just love their depth too. Like they've got Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder. uh, Jay Crowder was in the finals last year. He was big. Uh, Bridges, um, looking here, Javon Carter, Hey, shout out Huggy Bear taught that guy how to play full court uh, defense. So, um, so no, I, I just, they've got a great coach too. Cameron Payne was wild. I think they were playing like, uh, I think they were playing the Clippers or something, some other game, some like a couple nights ago. Yeah. And he was just going off. And I thought Cameron Payne was out of the league, but he's, he's honestly been a solid piece for the Suns too. So um, they're third in assist in assists in the league as well. So they definitely don't, I don't think they rely on one 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 individual to carry them. So, I've seen nights where Booker's been off, Paul's been off, um, Aiton, you know, and they'll step up and they'll still get a, someone else will step up and they'll still get a win. So, yeah, I love the Suns; they're great. Yeah. yeah, and I to add on to your point, I 
James Jones has taken over and I think he's done a really good job. And I mean, we all made fun of when they took Cam Johnson 11th two years ago and that he's been fantastic. And not only have they done a good job uh, developing their players, because I think Bridges has been fantastic. Really, really impressive. I know he's a little bit older than um, most players who are in his class, but he's still been very good this year. And that's the type of guy you need in a playoff series, unselfish guy who makes plays on both ends of the uh, ball. But they've done a great job getting players on their second or third team. Like you said, campaign's been huge. Dario Sarge they got for basically nothing. Yeah. Uh, even Kaminsky. The, the yeah. Kaminsky's worked out quite well for them. Yeah, he um, was hitting like 15-footers I saw consistently the other night. So, yeah. Tory Craig. Yeah, I was going to say, I've always liked Tory Craig too. So, I, I think they've just done a fantastic job. And the Chris Paul trade... You look at Milwaukee giving up six first-round picks for Drew Holiday, and I don't want to talk too much bucks because I know we'll get into them later. But Phoenix gave up one first-round pick for Chris Paul, and Chris Paul was basically left for dead in Houston a few years ago. They had to trade him with four first-round picks just to get rid of him. So I, I think that he's just – I really like this team, and Booker has taken huge, huge steps forward. And if you compare them to the reigning champions, I think there's a case to be made they could take them. And I know – I've, there's, the Rakers are still for adjusted defensive rating. They're still number one, and they've played a lot of the season without their two best players. But the struggles are at least a little concerning to me. I, I do think they'll figure it out in playoff time. But, Owen, are you a little nervous with the streaky results of this team? Um, what really concerned me was LeBron's comments the other night when he said he'll never be back to 100%. That I mean, we all know LeBron. He's a type to go into a, into a workout and then – He'll, he'll send like 15 story. He'll put posts. I have like 15 story posts on Instagram. So, I mean, it's LeBron, right? We know we're getting there. Bit of a dramatic guy, but it did worry me because I don't think he said anything like that in his career. And obviously if it does affect his play, I think that could be especially concerning. Yeah. But I mean, as, as inconsistent as they have been, the Lakers are first in the NBA in, in, in defensive rating. Um, so, I mean, Drummond has been, you know, had an impact there. And I think generally they're, they're a good defensive team. Um, but they are, you know, they're, they're getting, they're not hot right now. And they're not, they're not going to be going into the playoffs hot. They won three of their last 10, the three and seven of their last 10. So, I mean, the defense is good, but the offense is, is concerning, especially with the injuries. So, I, you know, they're a question mark for me. I think they still, they still would be my favorite because of the presence of LeBron and, and AD, especially come playoff time. But there's definitely, you know, they're not as much of a lock, obviously, as they were early in the season. A bit more of a question mark. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, like Owen said, if anyone can turn it on, it's it's AD and LeBron. Yeah. But just how they're playing right now into the season, uh, it's, it's just a little concerning because just going into the playoffs that way, it's it's it, it is it is tough to see. Um, you know, they're like. 25th and three point, like the three pointer isn't working for him either. They, I mean, you know, they're good in defense, like we said, but um, just those injuries um, it, it's, it's tough. You, you want to be that, I guess, you know, get some heat going in the right before the playoffs, get some confidence, but this team just doesn't look confident. And, and if, if AD or LeBron were to go out in, um, in a game and in, in the final quarter or something, I just don't think that their depth can really step up. I was expecting Kuzma to be huge. Um, maybe down the stretch, he's been super streaky. He's just not he's very staying. good. He's more concerned about what hairstyle he has or what color his hair is dyed than putting the ball in the basket, which is concerning. League fits. Um, Got to get on league fits. League fits, MVP, league fits. Number one on the ballot. 
he's a he's a yeah he's big league fits guy um but yeah that's what i got on them yeah for sure i i uh, i've gone the other way on kuzma this year i think he's actually been pretty impressive considering he's been asked to do the load of the work for uh most of this and they haven't had ad or lebron and i think he's done the most with what he's had around him uh i think that really the third biggest most important piece on this team is Schroeder and they're going to need a lot more from him because that's the guy they're looking to use in the Rondo spot last year in the finals who really turned the finals and turned their playoff chances around for them he was so able to create shots when LeBron and AD were not on the floor at the same time um, that he really provided them with the bulk of the creation for their secondary scoring Uh, I'm not as concerned I, I do think that they know how to turn the switch. But I mean, it is still concerning to me because you look at a team like the Clippers last year who thought they could turn the switch the whole way. And obviously it's different because the Lakers have been there and done the thing, but it was a team that thought they could turn the switch. And when it came time to do it, they had no chance of doing it and staying with the Clippers. I'm a believer this year. I I am a believer in the Clippers. Uh, uh, I'll ask Owen first what he thinks here. I know he's agreeing with me. We're we're on we're on the bandwagon. We're wearing our Clippers uh, uniforms right now. We are, we are. And Phil, I mean, you'll be the first one to 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 say this that I was just the biggest Clipper skeptic for the longest part of the year. I was and too. I still, the switch is just it's tough because I mean, when your second best player, arguably first, you know, one of your best players this year, uh, Paul George, when your nickname is Pandemic P, like that's a tough look for sure. And so, you know, I don't know if they can turn it on in the playoffs, but you know, as far as the regular season goes, this team has just been, this team has been historically good. If you look at their three point percentage, they're shooting, I think 42.6% or 41.6%, which is tied for second in NBA history with the 2015 Warriors. Yeah. Best in so basketball that, this year. Yeah. yeah. Best in basketball this year. So, so th- I mean, they're shooting the ball just as good as you can shoot the ball. And that's obviously a really impressive thing. And then when you look at a team like the heat, who just they've lost their stroke. You can see how big of an impact that can have on the standings and just in the way you, your team looks overall. So I think that's important. And if you look at their lineups, Ibaka has been great. Paul George has played, you know, there's been part of the season where he could have, you know, butt his way into the MVP conversation. He's been that good. He's been spectacular. Yeah. He's been excellent. He's been amazing both on both sides of the floor too. Like if you look at their, at the best two man lineups in the NBA, the top two best two man lineups in the NBA are both Clippers. You look at, you got Paul George and Kawhi, they're plus, I'm just checking here, plus 18.8 points. So plus 19 essentially. And then if you look at Paul George and Ibaka, which is the second best two man lineup in the NBA, they're plus 16. So, I mean, they have the pieces, but I just, I mean, Paul George, like he's got to take some pride in his playoffs, man. I mean, if I see another backboard shot, I think they might have to like just cut them straight up because it's you can't let that happen again. Man, it's got to have some pride. Like I don't know what it takes, but they've got to figure it out. Just keep, I don't. Know, it's not even just get better. It's just continue. If they can continue this pace in the playoffs, they can compete with anybody in the NBA. It's just I a agree. question of I mean shaking the demons off their the monkey off their back and getting the demons shaking their demons. You know what I mean? So I'm a believer for sure. I am too, Alex. Where do you stand? No, I think it's I think it's win now for them for sure. I think they're prime, they're poised to do it. I think they can. Um, they definitely added some good pieces. I like I like Kennard. You, you know, I'm a big Abaka fan. Um, the Rondo trade that was good too for sure. Um, it's just when it comes down to it, like in every sport, um, are your stars going to show up? 
if your stars don't show up, I don't think there's a great chance that they can move. We saw that last year. George had quite a tough time um, and they just, they couldn't, they couldn't beat the nuggets. Right. So um, I think, I think most of it really relies on Paul George. I think, you know what you're going to get from Kawhi Leonard. I think, you know, what you're going to get from Rondo, Ibaka, all those guys have won championships. Um, but I think Paul George needs to come up clutch for them. And um, I like their coach too, though. I like Lou. I think he's gotten them playing really well. I trust him. I honestly trust him more than rivers. So, um, and I think they've got this, um, that just that experience that they had last year, losing to the nuggets. I think they've humbled them a little bit and I think that'll do them well moving forward for sure. I think I thought they came in super cocky, um, last, last playoffs with all that Lillard drama and all that crap. So, I think, I think if they want to, they can, it's just, um, what are they going to get from Paul George? And yeah, that's the big question mark. Yeah. And I, I'm, I think that they're going to get something out of Paul George and the Rondo trade really changed how I thought about the whole team. That's a guy that last year wouldn't have let them be in that situation against Denver. He's been there and done the thing. And he's a guy who doesn't, and isn't afraid to tell you how it is. And yeah. he's the guy who's going to organize the offense in the last four minutes of a playoff game and get a better shot for Paul George and Kawhi. Absolutely. I think it, it really changed their whole team. And people acting like Lou Williams was a big departure. Lou Williams is terrible in the playoffs every single year. It, it, that's a no-brainer trade, the one that they made to get Rondo. And uh, honestly, I'd never thought I'd say this, but Reggie Jackson has been spectacular. 44% from three, and he, he's he is absolutely killing it. And that's a guy who... You know, if you have a shooter like that, he can, he's been in big games. He can kick around. And I think if he keeps that, he's got those up, glasses on now. Yeah. Little, <laughs> oh, Kirk, yeah. little Kirk Heinrich. Oh, yeah. He's looking <laughs> good out I there. Heard in years. <laughs> Kirk Heinrich. <laughs> and deep uh, dive. That was reached Shanghai back into the bag style. to find that name. That was deep in the bag. <laughs> and if uh, I know none of you said it, but I, I think Cousins is kind of shot, but I, I do, yeah. he has been, uh, better than I thought he would be uh, in what I've seen so far. Limited returns, obviously, but I also, I also forgot to mention Terrence Mann has looked unbelievable for them too. Yeah. I thought that guy was just a, you know, a wash second pick or something, but like a second round pick, but he defensively, he's just annoying. He he's, he's great on, on defense and he can get buckets for them too. So I just think that in the case as well, that Paul George doesn't show up in a game, they've got guys that they can rely on to step up for sure. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I do like them much more than I did last year. And uh, we do want to give a little shout out to the Jazz. I I think it's those three that we just discussed in their own tier. And I I do like everything Utah has done, but I I do think they're the beneficiary of in a weird season. They took advantage of the early schedule and they played together for a long time. And they're obviously very familiar with each other, but I just don't think they can reach the peaks that those other three teams can reach. But Owen, you obviously you're a fan and you wanted to talk a little bit about their season so far. Yeah. I mean, when you look at those other two teams that we talked about, the Clippers and the Lakers, I think they got, you know, people that have been there before. Like you look at Rondo and and CP three, just annoying point guard types. They're just like, they they're able to, you know, settle teams down and, and really make an impact come playoff time. And the jazz, I mean, they've been, in the playoffs, obviously, but they haven't really had a deep run like those guys have. I mean, both those guys have been to, or at least uh, Rondo's been to a finals before, so a uh, couple. So, he, I mean, I think they lack maybe a bit of a vet, veteran presence there and somebody that can help them 
get over the hump because they've struggled in the playoffs. But I think just looking at them as a team right now, I mean, they're, they're super efficient. They've got probably the best defensive center in the NBA or, or one of them on their team. And, and so I think they're a great defensive team. Um, I think it's hard to argue that they definitely have, you know, they definitely have gotten, have cooled off since the start of the year. I think that's hard to deny. And so I don't know. I don't know how, how, how effective they're going to become playoff time, but I just think from a defensive standpoint, and an efficiency standpoint, I think they're they're definitely in the conversation, and it's hard to ignore them. But I see where you're coming from. Um, with all those teams, I'm just waiting for Joakim Noah to kind of wake up off whatever bench he's on, sleeping on right now, and just get signed to some team right before the playoffs start. And uh, who knows, he could be the difference. So gotta get wow! Joe shout out Anderson Verjao. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. For a quick Anderson Verjao action. Yeah, well, I'm hoping to see him check in the next couple games. I'm going to be eyes on the Cleveland Cavaliers trying to see if Big Andy's getting in the games. I'm just waiting on Bogut to sign with the Warriors now. Bring it back. (laughs) Ground and pound. Let's go. Roy Hibbert? Where's Roy Hibbert at? Somebody call him. Wow, Larry Sanders. Can we get a quick Larry Sanders signing here? I would love to see that, dude. Yeah, He could probably still play. He definitely can. He's probably hanging out with... Joakim Noah right now smoking weed yeah. and like dry painting right now I bet I bet I, yeah. yeah I just quick word on Utah as well I, I I agree with Owen I think I think they're good right like uh offensive rating third defensive rating third um they have a they have a solid team um I think Mitchell's amazing um I yeah. I think he's better than Booker because I know that's a comparison they make quite a, quite a bit my only issue is they're first in threes my only problem is if the three doesn't start going down for them in the playoffs, what happens? We Houston in the playoffs, like we saw what happened with that. They lived and died by the three. When the three didn't start falling down for them in the playoffs, it was a complete disaster. So um, I, I'm not a Utah hater by any stretch. Um, I think they have a great team, but with the three not going down for them in a playoff game might come back to bite them along with the experience that they lack a little bit, but yeah, that's something I just look out for. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree with you there, but I, I mean, they've, they've got great seasons from Conley and Ingles and Bogdanovich and obviously Clarkson. Um, but like I said, I just don't think they can reach the peaks that those other teams can reach. Um, but obviously well, that, an impressive guys, season. If- Oh, sorry, Phil. Who would you guys say? Who do you, who are you guys' picks to come out of the East and West if you had to pick right now? Who do you say is making the finals? Who's who's making it out of the two conferences? I'd say West. I think right now I would probably pick the Clippers. I think. Really. I think I'd go with the. <clears throat> I think I'd go with the Clippers as well, just with the, just what, with with what happened last year, and just given how hungry I think they were. Yeah, I'd pick them. They're really flying under the radar too. Nobody's talking about them. That's a good sign for them. Sure, what about sure. you? So are you confident in the Jazz then that you think they could come out of the West Zone? I think they could. I don't think they will. I mean, I think th- I, I think they'll be in a competitive, but they're in a tough conference and they're against some tough, tough, tough teams. So I just think they're a couple. They're maybe one or two pieces away if they sign a, a star in free agency. Um, I think that's what they need. The stars flock to Utah, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I know LeBron is trying to, trying to go to Utah after his contract expires. So I guess I'll just wait until then. But I would say if I were to, if I were 
to bet on which team is going to make it out of the West, I would go the Lakers just because I, I never would bet against LeBron. That's, I've done it before fair. and I've, I've lost every time. So yeah. unless it comes to warriors, but yeah, you don't make money betting against LeBron. I can tell yeah. you that. Uh, as far as the East goes, we can all agree. There's a definitive top three there. I don't think yeah. that's news to anybody. Is there any team you guys like outside of the top three that you think could crack in and maybe make some noise? I I like the Wizards. I have to be honest. Wow. I was <laughs> kind of screaming. a hot take. Kind of a hot take. take quick. But here, um, I just think they're a dangerous team given the stars that they have. I think in the playoffs, once again, when your stars show up, you're as dangerous. You know, you you can be super dangerous. Um, they're number one in pace in the NBA. So it'll be interesting to see them play against teams, for instance, like Miami and Charlotte, who are near the bottom of the league. I mean, when Westbrook starts flying 100 miles an hour down in the court, sometimes he doesn't get it in. That's fine. It's okay. But, you know, you're guaranteed a triple-double. He makes he makes a big impact on the court. Bradley Beal's just straight nasty. Like, I, And he's proven it in the playoffs too, though. Like, I remember way back when they swept Toronto 4-0. We don't want to talk too much about that. But... Um, Bradley Beal's a legitimate scorer. He's he's super dangerous, and um, and I just like their team. They've got Bertans. Um, he's a great three point shooter. Shout out to the San Antonio system. Lavian um, Laser, Lavian we love you, Davis. Um, and yeah, they just got some some pieces that I think if if things go right, they could make some noise. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. Uh, I, and I I think that the pace is going to come down because the, the game's obviously going to get slowed down in the playoffs. But it's I mean they play at such a high speed and it's been accentuated with Gafford that uh, they they're going to want to get out and run. And when the game becomes two on two, they they have a very good chance as as far as anybody in that back half of the East too. I would pick Atlanta, and I started the season as an Atlanta hater, but these last month here with uh mcmillan it's been really impressive and bogdanovich has been spectacular uh, i i just i can't believe sacramento let that guy go out the door capella was a great addition for them too and uh they, i just really like the way they play they move the ball it's never with the same guy night to night i mean obviously trey but i'm not really a trey guy when he was out i was enjoying them uh move the ball around and everything but uh i i do think they're probably the team out of all the back half that I think has the highest ceiling just because when they're hot, they score frequently and often. And I like the way they play. They obviously got to get more stops, but I don't like them anywhere near as much as I like those top three, but I started this season as a big hater and I'm now a believer in what they're doing over there. Owen, where do you stand on the fourth best team in the East? And I have a feeling it might be the one on South beach. It, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. You read my mind, Phil. I'm going to go with the, uh, with the heat. Um, and I think they have just been just disrespected way too much this year. Um, they, if we're not remembering, let me just remind you too. They, uh, they actually did go to an NBA finals last year. So. Did they? I missed that. They did. They did. It was in a bubble and like yeah, different circumstances, pandemic and whatnot, but they, they did go to the finals. They, I mean, they lost some key players. They lost Crowder, which I think hurt them. Um, Cause he is a, a very effective role player. Um, and like I was saying before, I think the biggest problem that the heat have is just their, their shooting has just been not where it needs to be to go and make a deep playoff run. But 
it has improved. I mean, you look at guys like Duncan Robinson, who's playing like 33, like, wh- like 33 minutes a game is, is wild. Like this guy's, I don't even. <laughs> you love, you love Duncan. Owen That's is the owner of a two Duncan jerseys. I've got one. I've got one. Might have to get a second one though. This, the disgusting split pink blue. Wow. The cotton candy. Or maybe I get That's a terrible Williams jersey. college one too. Just a quick throwback. Which, which college? The Williams college, dude, the D3 one. Oh, that's wow. not a true fan, dude. Only true fans have that. I wouldn't expect you to know about that. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, just forget about it. Yeah, yeah. But he's been he's been good, and he's been you know he's been doing his part as far as shooting goes. Obviously, not as hot as he was last year, but I mean that's hard to do. It's one of the best shooters in the NBA. But I think the the biggest problem for them has been one of the biggest problems as far as shooting goes within the shooting issue has been Tyler Hero, and I think he, the biggest career mistake he's made so far was was doing that snarl in the finals. I think, like I said, like I've said before, I think that was just just the peak of his talents, and it's just been downhill from there. But I want to. I know he started off really bad, but he's been better. He's actually he's only shooting thirty three percent this year, so that's not great. It's down from last year, but I was in his last five games or so, five or six games, he's nine of twenty two. Um, last two games, I think he's shooting like 65, 70%. So, so, I mean, small sample size, I know, but I just look at that a guy like that. He's an absolute gamer. You look at him in the tournament in when he played at Kentucky, you look at him. In, I'm a high school guy for, for viewers at home. And this guy, I remember this video on ball is life. I don't know if you guys are familiar high school basketball, mostly. And they're just chanting like snake, like a bunch of stuff against Tyler hero. And he goes down the court time and time again draws 44 has a couple steals so this guy's a gamer my guy's a gamer Owen makes you more pissed than when people call you a snake yeah yeah it'll rile you up just ask kd yeah and so i just think he's got a second year kind of like lebron has a second year oh yeah okay anybody at home owen is the (laughs) biggest tyler hero fanboy you will ever meet in your life the cringe people on twitter who you see and you're like oh my god i gotta block this guy that's owen with tyler hero he'll tweet better than lebron in the replies that's owen (laughs) i'm just look he's not better than lebron yet but he is a gamer like I've said many times, and I think he's they got the second telling our he fans can... that he's not that he's not better than LeBron. He's yeah, not, always yeah. making that clear. No, well, not yet though. Breaking not yet. He made sure to throw in yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he's got a second gear like LeBron, and so I think he's 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 able to turn it on. So. Oh yeah, I'm sure he will be. Okay, <laughs> so we're I, banning we're banning you from Heat Talk too for much the rest of this. Mark my words. So you're banned from Heat Talk no more. Alex, you did you, in a similar tone. On the opposite end, there's one side of love, like Owen's relationship with Duncan and Tyler Hero. And then at the deep, deep other end is Alex's relationship with the Boston Celtics. So go ahead, bud. I'll tee you up. Just, just let I've it just, loose. I've just had a hard time watching the Boston Celtics. They've just been so up and down this year. I personally haven't, I don't know what to make of them at this point. I mean, they had those two terrible losses, I think, with against Charlotte. Um, they've lost some other bad games and then they go back and they play the the Spurs losing by 30 and then come back and win that game. Sorry, Phil. I had to mention it, buddy. We don't want to talk about this game, man. There's, there's, Tatum dropped 60. I must have missed uh, this game. I think that Brown happened? had a good scoreline as well. So when it comes to their top four guys, I like them. I like Smart, Walker. Walker's been a little shaky this season, but I think he's going to come around and turn it on in the playoffs. And then obviously Brown and Tatum. I think I think Tatum's unbelievable. But after those guys, I, I kind of feel like it just flattens out, and that's that's kind of on Ainge. Um, after that, I just 
Evan Fournier, Robert Williams, Grant Williams. I just I just don't love their um their rotation in that sense because when it comes to the playoffs, you kind of need those eight or nine guys. You're not going to be putting 12 guys in a playoff game. You need like eight dogs. So um like the uh, Barnes would have helped from Sacramento, I think. Vucevic definitely would have helped. They said they were in on all those guys, but they definitely don't want to give up any first round picks. I mean, that's classic Celtics talk. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's just, I've, I've had a difficult time figuring them out, but um, they're definitely going to be a team that I'm interested to, to monitor down the stretch. I don't know what you boys think. Well, that game against the Spurs was just in the first half, they were obliterated off the court and San Antonio was shooting very, very well, un- unsustainably well, but it sort of defines their season to me and that when they're hot, they look so good. And it's on the back of Tatum. Obviously he was really the whole driver the entire game. I mean, he scored 60 points, but in the first half they look dead and they have no spark and they have no problem going down in games. Like it looks like they just don't care when they go down, but then when they turn it on, they're a scary, scary team. And uh, I think so that's sorry. sorry finish. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just going to say a few years ago when they had Kyrie, they had so much depth. They had maybe 11 or 12 guys. I think it was 2018, 19, the year they underachieved. But they had so many guys on the bench that it it really looked like they were going to be a dominant, dominant team. And I think because it didn't work out that way and they thought, well, we have so many guys who should be getting minutes, they decided to go the way of only getting eight or nine guys who can play. And I think it sort of snake bit them. So whose fault do you think that is though? That uh, is that um, Brad Stevens at this point, like this, inc- like this inconsistency. I know they've got the injury bug too. Like, you know, I think Co- uh, Tatum had COVID smart was out for a while, but at some point, I don't know. Do you look at your coach? I think so. Yeah, I, I do. But I think everybody deserves a little bit of blame. I don't really think there's much veteran leadership on that team. Like who's, who's been in the big game and done the thing. I, I think yep. they're lacking voices in the locker room. I know Marcus Smart's obviously a pretty notable leader, but I, I just think that they've done a poor job surrounding their young guys with veteran leadership. Exactly. And especially at the trade deadline. I, and once again, I know they have those four uh, players that build their core, but when you go out and get Evan Fournier, I don't know what kind of a message you're sending to your team in terms of, you know, how, how, how far you think they can go. If you go out and get Barnes, you get Vucevic. That's a real message. You know, that's, that's, we're all in. I just feel like the Celtics have never been all in at all. Like just ever since Ainge took the throne. So, yeah. Yeah. I think at some point you have to kind of pay the pipe or you can't be just playing both sides of win, win in the future and win now. I mean, the, the Raptors have tried that and, and they won a championship, but, you know, they obviously they, picked up quiet but at some they won the championship to, when they decided to go all in is yeah what they exactly did. exactly i mean they had yeah they're, they're good at developing players but i think at some point you have to decide win now or rebuild i think there's it's hard to just be in the middle or, or else you're going to be like the the celtics and they're just the most mediocre team in the nba average yeah. on average in offensive rating average in defensive rating nothing's just that's where you're going to be I yeah think. and they're getting 50 plus points from brown and tatum every game i don't know what if one of those two guys is out, it's a catastrophe to their whole team. And I know they both kind of bang shins tonight and I think they'll both be okay, but 
it if one of them misses any time, they're in serious, serious trouble. And I, I think it will be defined by the stars who became available and they were always in the talks and they always had the assets to get them and they never chose to get them. They had the chance at Jimmy Butler twice. They had the chance at Paul George clearly when he became available. And they had the, I mean, they, they could have had Kawhi and I said it at the time, you'll regret not doing it. Even though he was hurt, I said, you'll regret not doing it because he is that good when he's on. And they didn't do it. AD as well, I believe. Obviously available. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've had their chances, I think. And now that, I mean, they've wasted these assets and they've kind of come and gone that they've sat on. Um, I really James don't. Young, mm-hmm. James Young. RJ Hunter. Gershon Yabuzel. Yeah. I even away, wrote RJ down Hunter. here. I mean, they, they picked, uh, they traded, they could have had Thibel and I really like Thibel. Um they, they could have had him. They traded the pick. They used the pick and they traded it. So I, uh, I, I, I'm not a fan. And I, I will mention that they did trade for Kyrie. So they obviously did do it once, but I think they had the assets to do it more than once is the larger point. Yeah. And quickly, I think we'll talk more about it on Thursday, but quickly, who do you have coming out of the East right now? I got the Nets. I think it's just, you know, I know this is an easy preseason pick too, Nets Lakers, but I think that's just the matchup that's most likely for me at this point. I think the Nets have looked really good, so I like them coming out. I think too much star power there. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. I think it's a no-brainer with the Nets too. Um, Philly's great. Um, Milwaukee, you know, beat the beat Brooklyn today, but that was without Harden. I just, I just feel even with Durant and Irving, they're still the best team in the East. So. And the crazy thing about it is, too, like, you can double Irving, you can double Durant. Um, they've got some shooters, man. Like, Shamit, um, Harris. Harris. Ha- I, I don't think I've seen Harris miss a shot ever <laughs> in my life. So they're just dangerous from all sides. Once they get Harden back in the fold, he's an amazing facilitator. He can also obviously shoot the three and get points at will. So I think it's – I'd be surprised if the Nets don't make it. Yeah. And I – you know, I, I – this is sort of a weirder point to make, but I went, I thought about it a lot in the off season, what happened with the Clippers. And I liked the Clippers the whole way last year. And I, it, it came back to bite them that they didn't have their guys at the right time. So for me, it would be going against what I saw. If I said, I liked Brooklyn considering that these three guys have only been on the court together eight times. So, and I know the talent is much higher than what they have in uh, Clipperland, but uh, I, I think right now, just because of that, Man, I, I, I think they're going to be so hard to beat, but I'll, I'll say Philly because I think Philly has the right guys to get stops when it matters and how in the world Brooklyn plans and containing Embiid when he's playing like this, I have no clue. Yeah. Yeah. We can throw it over. Fellas, there's a lot coming up this week on the schedule. What are you guys looking to watch this week? What's the most exciting things on the schedule? I mean, personally, so I'm always going to be watching – the Jays, because that's my team. Those are my boys. Too invested now. It's like, yeah, I got, I'm invested in all the ups and downs. But I was looking at the NBA schedule, and uh, one matchup that intrigues me is um, the game tomorrow between the Lakers and the Nuggets, I think could be a good one because the Nuggets are playing pretty well right now. Um, and obviously the Lakers are skidding a little bit, so, you know. Could be it could be an interesting. I think it's a good matchup between two contenders there. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm in. With, I'm with you on the Jays. I got four in Oakland coming up. 
They got uh, three in Houston after that, so they got a full seven days. And uh, Oakland's first in their division. Jays have won seven of their last nine. Swept the Braves. Let's let's keep this momentum going here. We're a Jays. We are a very pro Jays podcast. Oh yeah. Uh, Guerrero hot. Springer hit a couple home runs last night. Bichette so. was looking amazing today as normal. Oh, I love Bo. I love Bo. <laughs> Man, team is so good. That's the best. I know we're not going to talk Jays, but this is just the best team we've had. I'm just so it's such a good time to be a Jays fan. It feels like 2013 or 2014 all over again. Yeah, 20, best team since those ALCS teams yeah. for sure. Yeah. What about you, Alex? What do you have on the schedule? Yeah, like Owen said, tomorrow the uh, Nuggets, um, Nuggets and the sorry the Lakers, right? Yeah, was it? Nuggets, the, Lakers. yeah, and the Lakers. Uh, that's gonna be a great game. Just the way Denver's been playing. Obviously, you boys know I'm a big Jokic guy, MVP hands down. But I just love <laughs> the way Porter has stepped up. I think he's done great in Murray's absence. Um, and I'm not saying he's like Durant. He just reminds me in the way that he plays. He, he, he's almost seven feet. He pulls up every time, and he's just got a height advantage on everyone. Like, guy that tall, handling the ball that well. Um, incredible shooter. Um, and I'm just – when it comes to the playoffs, I'm just af- – I'm afraid that teams might take them a little too lightly given the fact that Murray's out. And before you know it, you might be down 3-1 to Denver. They've, they're playoff tested. They were in the conference finals last year. They beat – a heavily favored Clippers team last year. And I, I, you know, the Lakers were obviously better, but I, they didn't get blown out of the, you know, they didn't get run out of the gym or anything. It was four, two, it was still a respectable series. So, and, uh, and then Lakers uh, versus Clippers on Thursday as well. All these Clippers and Lakers matchups are great to watch. So just so that the Lakers um, can kind of, cause they're going to lose to Toronto. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think they're going to make a comeback here. So, they can just, you know, if they beat the Clippers, because the Clippers are obviously a great team, they could just calm their fans down, calm the media a bit, get some confidence going into the playoffs. So that's a matchup for sure. Yeah, and uh, Nets-Bucks rematch on Tuesday. Last game I'm going to shout out, huge game. Monday, May 3rd, put it in your calendars. Magic at Pistons, huge. Wow. Huge. Monumental, wow. some would say. That is monumental. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I'll, be, uh, I'll be honest with you. I have not seen a Magic game in just months probably to be honest with you so you're missing out you're really yeah, missing out. Sounds, yeah no kidding clifford getting covid was tough yeah it's very tough lastly we're gonna finish off on this we're gonna do this every sunday it's the take of the week we've we are twitter people on this podcast we love to spend our time on twitter so, um we've gathered the hottest takes we could find on the website one per each of us Alex, how about you lead us off, my man? Yeah, for sure. So as the fans know, I'm a big Raptors guy. I live and die by the Raptors, favorite team. And we've been in a funk recently, or I guess the entire season. We haven't been doing well. Um, Pascal, we'll get into that later in the later episodes, absolutely in the pod. But um, we played Utah last night. and You're not a Pascal guy. You're not a Pascal guy. I'm just not a Pascal guy. There we go. I'm not a Pascal guy. And someone tweeted, um, very little thing, but I like Pascal getting Utah's attention, insisting that Utah wait for a hand getting back up. Have we, is that what we're gonna, you know, look at Pascal now as he's helping his teammates get off the floor. I mean, he's been, 
he's been atrocious this whole season. His shooting percentage is bad. There's uh, I, I found this video on Twitter too. It's just a compilation of him missing shots in the last two minutes. It's completely embarrassing. It's the Golden State miss, Portland miss. I think there was a miss against Phoenix too. It's just he, he hasn't been very good this season. And I, I just the and this is the Raptors squad that just defends Pascal on absolutely everything. And I think we should babies, little, babies him. Just babying Pascal all the time on Twitter. They never say anything bad about it. And I just I had to get it off my chest. It's just it's been annoying me for a while. And this tweet really, really fired me up. Set you over the edge. Yeah, set yeah. me over the edge. I can't take it anymore. All right. I'm going to give you mine now. And uh, this was a real scorcher I saw on the Twitter.com. This guy, it was right after the Aaron Rodgers news broke. And this guy, he has a check mark. I don't want to say names, but he has a check mark. And this guy decided that now is the time to unleash. If I'm the GM of the Packers, I say to Rodgers, good co-host Jeopardy. Yeah, just get the MVP of, of the whole league. Just send him packing. Good. We're better without you. Enjoy hosting Jeopardy. We don't need anything back for you. Just enjoy it over there. We don't need this guy anymore. That that was my hot take of the week. So these people are just complete gems. Ne- never stop giving your takes. Owen, you, you your last one is... Uh, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, so we are... I think I speak for all of us when we say we're a pretty anti-Steelers podcast. And, and, no, 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 anti- wrong, wrong. I agree. Oh, wrong. Yeah, correct. I so love TikTok. Anti- I love the TikTok boys. You guys see Claypool's podcast. new vlog, dude? Wow. Uh, I, I didn't, but I'm sure it was great. I'm sure it was horrible. Um, he's just he's a terrible, terrible. It's just a worse team in the NFL. But um, I, I am going to mention names here. So sorry, Brian. Um, but. I got a tweet here from my, my man, Brian Batko. Uh, he's a Steelers reporter. Uh, his bio says, I don't do cap. So he's not, he's confirmed, not a cap artist here. So um, he he's in line tweet. with the lingo. He is. He's in line with the lingo. And I don't know if he knows what that means. Like, yeah. Anyways, he says, yeah, he's, he's no cap. He's against caps. That's good. He's uh yeah, we're we're against cap as a podcast. Yeah. So Brian, so we can align. We can yeah. align. And so he's you know hyped up about the draft. Obviously, he's a he's a football reporter, Steelers reporter. Yeah. And so he comes out with this flamer. He says, "The more I study this draft, the more convinced I am that the Steelers simply can't pass on Kyle Pitts if he falls to them at twenty four. And then he's got a picture of Kyle Pitts, and he's got this a super cool edit that I'm sure his son made for him. It says Pitts." Hyphenberg, Pittsburgh. It's it's a little play on words there. So I was really impressed with that. And I'm not sure if he made this take for the pun or made the pun for the take. But either way, the take is atrocious. Um, but it is, I guess, typical of Steelers fans to be delusional. No, but- you know what? That's a really good take because <laughs> if Kyle Pitts is on the board at 24, you would be dumb to pass on him. You, you need that guy in that your offense. True. It's a factual take. I will give you that. Yeah, I imagine what he would add to Juju's TikToks too. We also can't forget that he was wearing yellow on his suit. Remember? Oh, so Brian, we talked about here. He was just picking up the picking up the pieces. Man, what a shame! Yeah, it is an accurate take. I'm sure they would not have passed on Kyle Pitts. Um, So good work. That is the hard hitting reporting that we appreciate um, here on Flag on the Play. And so uh, we're just here to reward journalists' hard work Um, and. Who knows? I mean, 
Trevor Lawrence could have fallen to them, and who knows if they take him. So what we if, didn't get any tweets on that. So we, yeah, what well, if we, Lawrence, we have Haskins, dude. We don't need Trevor Lawrence. What if Lawrence fell to the Patriots? Do you think the Patriots would still take Mac Jones? That's a tough call. That, that, is, a that tough, is a very, very I'll, tough question. <laughs> Brian hasn't spoken on that, so, I mean, we're not too, too sure. Um, but I will be, I'll I'll send be him a just DM. waiting with bated breath here because that is those are the questions that people want to know. So yeah, that was I my mean, flamer of the week for sure. I love the flamer of the week. <laughs> we'll be on the hunt. Awesome. If you have flamer of the week suggestions, you just send them our way. But I, I don't like the fake flamers out there. There's some fake flamers. You got to weave yeah. your way through and get the real genuine good go host Jeopardy. That's yeah. what you need. Like I was to find this take, I was waiting through just some of the most atrocious takes. I was waiting through jersey swaps of Trevor Lawrence to the Vikings, jersey swaps of Trevor Lawrence to the Giants. It was just. I was surprised I, Lakers Lakers yeah. fans didn't Photoshop Trevor Lawrence in a Lakers jersey. I mean, I would have. <laughs> I'm sure it's out there. I bet you can I'm find sure. it. I bet the Heat have about the him in six different jerseys, man. Oh, the jersey swap people. That is a crazy group of people right there. Just so dedicated to their teams. It is just wild. Just makes me miss NFL season even more. Just seeing just random jersey swaps. It's so sad to think, like I say it every year at the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, last quarter of football, and people get excited for the summer. For me, it's like, yeah, like I'm excited for the summer. But when that when that calendar starts reading August 20th, August 21st, you can smell the football in the air. The fantasy football magazines are out on the shelves. It's it's football. That's yeah. what we Colin do. For, really. week one, preseason up. week two, yeah. preseason yep. week three. It's yep. right there. Do you guys watch preseason? Hard knocks. I don't. I just yeah, watch hard knocks. Uh, it's it's it looks like the real thing. It sounds like the real thing. It it's isn't the real thing. thing. I have yeah, to be like honest, I watch D-League. it for like a quarter and I just pretend that it's a meaningful game. Yeah. Yeah, you get hyped. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Just like watching the G League. It's like, yeah. It's just it's it's fake. It's not the real. It's not the real product. It's like it's getting a knockoff Nike shoe. That's what it is. Almost getting there. A DHgate. By DHgate. the way, if DHgate wants to sponsor this podcast. We'll be happy. We'll accept dollars, yen. We'll accept whatever you want. I would like to put that out there. Yeah, DHgate. Yeah. I will wear a DHgate shirt for every single episode till the end of time. If DHgate wants to sponsor this. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, just yeah, open get to on the DH phone. We, we're open to any sponsorship. Whoever it is, I, I, I will take you. We are, yeah. we are going to be the shack of sponsorships. When yeah, one I mean, comes Joe, calling, we're taking it. Joe Rogan started with Fleshlight. Flag on the Play starts with DHK. That, tell me that's not just the best story you've ever heard. If we could start with DHK, that would be huge. <laughs> yeah. There is no doubt. It would be pretty big. <laughs> we're cooking up. We've got a YouTube coming soon. That's in the works. We've got TikTok coming soon. I know we teased that last week. We're, let's just keep teasing that. We'll yeah, just keep works. throwing it away. Like Alex said, it's going to find you. Instagram up and running at the flag on the play. Uh, pretty good feedback from our first episode. To so thank you to everybody yeah. out there listening and uh, downloading, subscribing, giving us feedback. It's fantastic. We're really enjoying uh, recording these and we look forward to keep pumping them out for you. Yeah, and as always, we, we do accept criticisms and, and comments on our takes but only in the form of five-star reviews so that's the only way we're reading it so. any tyler hero haters i will only read them if they're in five-star reviews just yep. so you're aware yeah yeah mm-hmm. we'll see you guys on thursday night see ya